everyone, and welcome to episode number 149 of the Savvy Social Podcast. This show is brought to you by Fan Booster by Traject, which is the world's most complete social media management tool. And it's my tool of choice when it comes to scheduling, managing, and especially reporting on social media. Go ahead, try them out for yourself for free. The link is in the show notes. You can always find those at onlinedrea.com slash 149 for today's episode. Now, this month, our theme is all about mindful marketing. And I'm super excited to talk to today's guest, Michelle Mazer, because she is all about ethical marketing. So Michelle is a marketing messaging expert who works with business owners who are shaking things up and having trouble talking about it. She combines tools of successful social movements with qualitative research skills she learned in her communications PhD, y'all, PhD. (laughs) And she helps people craft their message, create those powerful messages. And she's the author of the book, Three Word Rebellion. A little bit of like side note history. I read the book before I met her fantastic kind of really good roadmap to helping you develop your own messaging that's memorable. So highly recommend. She's also the host of the Rebel Uprising podcast. She's been featured in places like Fast Company, Entrepreneur, Inc. She knows her stuff about creating clear and captivating ways to reach your people online. And if you want to learn more about this, quick reminder that In the Savvy Social School, right now, we're talking all about mindful marketing. Join us. We're going through this specifically with Instagram right now and about how to approach this platform and build smart habits on Instagram, things that work for you and not just things that content creators, experts out there say you should be doing. Okay. So join us in the school, SavvySocialSchool.com. With that, I'm excited to bring Michelle on the show. Michelle, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited about our conversation. Yes, I love speaking to experts like you because I find that it's you go so much deeper with the content that you teach. It's not surface level, which I appreciate, but I want to kind of rewind a little bit and go back to your history because your business really got started with a blog. Can you tell us that story? (laughs) Yes. So when I first started my business, I was still in my day job doing market research. And I was doing market research for like Burt's Bees and Seventh Generation and Microsoft and General Mills and all of these companies. And one of my friends said to me, Michelle, you know so much about communication, so much about speaking. He's like, it's a real shame you're not putting that out into the world. And I'm like, Oh, it is. So I started a blog and it was terrible at first. I'm an academic. That's how I was raised and that's how I write. And like my blog had nothing on Ambien when I first started out. Like it was bad. (laughs) But then one day I went to this um, public, it was like a conference and there was a speaker. She was like the lunchtime motivation speaker. And she gets up on stage and she says to us, all right, everyone stand up. And we're good audience members. So we all stand up. And then she says, now clap. So we start clapping and I'm like, what are we doing? And then the piece de resistance, she says to us, 
you have given me a standing ovation and now I must earn it. I'm like, oh, oh no, hell no, no. <laughs> and during that time, I wrote this super ranty blog post about like how not to be a motivational speaker. That's how I spent my talk. And literally I was like observing this woman in real time and then translating it into points. And it was really in my own voice, which was exciting. And it was that type of blog post you're kind of scared to put out there because it's whoa, edgy, right? Really pushing boundaries. And I pushed publish and I got a lot of great feedback. Like right away, people were sharing it. They're like, oh my gosh, this is so great. What a great perspective. And then I got an email to my inbox. I'm like, oh, it said, how not to be the motivational speaker in the subject line. I'm like, oh, this person hated it. And I open up the email and he's like, hey, Michelle, this is such a great blog post. I love your perspective. It's so fresh. I am looking for a new public speaking coach. Are you taking clients? And I didn't have packages. I didn't have a business license. I didn't have anything like nothing was ready. And I'm like, yes, I totally take clients. And I got on the phone with him and I found out he was speaking at Barbara Bush's Points of Light Foundation in front of like, super famous people and the former first lady. So it was this big deal. And he hired me and that was my first client just from a super ranty, ranty blog post. I love this story because I think it shows the just like encapsulates the power of speaking to the right people, the, the right message, which is what you're all about. Yes. I'm curious how, like, can you give us an overview of your perspective on marketing? Because that what you did with that blog post is kind of what a lot of us want to do, but we shy away from it a little bit. And we feel like we have to do like a specific formula or a certain way. So give us like your overview of your approach to marketing. You know, what's really funny before I wrote that blog post, I hadn't taken any like blogging classes or online marketing classes. So I hadn't been corrupted yet because when I finally got into the online business world, and especially I have a background in persuasion. I remember taking like a three-part free series. And the first thing he was teaching was how to manufacture authority with rags to riches story. And I'm like, what is this? This is everything I would tell my students not to do because of the ethical implications of it. And it, it was shocking to me that this is how people were marketing and selling their business. And I realized what they did is they took Robert Cialdini's book, Influence, and just said, hey, weapons of influence, great, let's use these <laughs> to market and sell. And so for me, I also knew that there was a different way to market, but I totally got sucked into all that bro marketing hype marketing uh, type of stuff. And then I'm like, wait a minute, when I was working with like Microsoft, they don't market like this. There is a different way. And part of that different way is having your own philosophy that is driven by your values about how you market. And so for me, ethical marketing, it's not a strategy, it's not a tactic, it's this overarching philosophy 
that you make your marketing decisions by. Like, so if somebody's telling you to use scarcity, you think, hmm, one of my principles, like seriously, one of my principles is advocating for agency. Well, if I'm using scarcity and I'm rushing people to make a purchasing decision for something that's rather expensive, that doesn't go well with my ethical principles. So I find different ways to do that. Oh, that's good because I think it goes against a lot of what is taught in the online marketing space, which is to like basically hound people until they buy from you and like almost make them feel guilty if they don't. Right? Yeah, and to press on the pain points and make them feel really terrible, like you're all you're at fault for this. Like your life is so horrible because you do these horrible things and if you just take my course, then you won't be horrible, feel horrible anymore and you'll have this successful business or whatever the heck they're promising. And for me, I've always been like, well, yeah, acknowledge that they're in pain, but then what's the larger reason that they're struggling? It's something typically with the system that they're in, that they're a part of. Like for me, I find the bro marketing system very oppressive for most people who are values-driven or purpose-driven entrepreneurs. And so really that is the larger problem of why they don't feel like they're great at marketing or social media because they've been taught in this specific way and it doesn't align to them at all. And they don't realize that there are different ways and and you can make your own way. So it's complex and nuanced. It's very exciting. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love this so much because it's even bringing to mind some of the things I'm doing in my marketing where I'm like, Ooh, I should go fix that maybe because it's, is something that you see commonly in the internet marketing space, but it doesn't necessarily mean I have to do it that way. So I love this conversation. Um, I want to kind of shift a little bit into the messaging side. So we've kind of touched on what we shouldn't do. Now, what should we do when we're when we're approaching this? I like that you mentioned values driven uh, brands and things like that. Um, how do we craft messaging that calls people in and still still talks about what we do, right? It still promotes our our services, but like minus the sleaze. <laughs> Yes, yes. And I call this the ACC way, which means really what marketing and your message does. It has three main jobs, and that is to capture attention. So reach new people and then create conversations around your area of expertise that actually lead people, that move people towards working with you and also those conversations cultivate an emotional connection. So for me, when I'm thinking about marketing, I'm thinking about, okay, how do I grab people's attention? How do I move the conversation? How do I get them closer to saying yes? And and how do I like get them to know, like, and trust me and feel some type of emotional connection to my brand? And how that translates into messaging, well, with attention because there was, this is fascinating, there's a new Microsoft Trends study that was released at the end of last year that found that our attention spans have decreased to eight seconds, four seconds on mobile, four whole seconds. Yeah. So we don't got, we don't have a lot of time to catch people's attention. And I think that's where my work around the three word rebellion comes in because that is 
a marketing message that really is for your audience and creates curiosity. Because even if you hear like, ooh, three word rebellion, like, what is that? What is my three words? That's what you want your messaging to do is to draw people in and be like, ooh, tell me more about that. What does it mean for me? Because as soon as people start thinking about themselves in terms of your message, they're going to want to know more. And so that means you need to be able to create those conversations that help them figure out like, well, do I have the problem that this business owner solves? Like, how can they help me? What's their approach? Are they credible? They have so many questions you have to answer for them when we're creating those conversations. And I call that the client journey. And then the final piece is the stories that we're telling, our signature stories. Like the story that I told about the blog post I have told that story many times before and in my, I think it's even a part of my welcome sequence because it's one of my core stories that really shows people the power of putting your rants out into the world to attract the right people. And people identify with that feeling of being scared to say something. And so that establishes the emotional connection. So for me, like bro marketing, and unethical marketing is a very specific way to talk about your business. I mean, it relies a lot on the templates and the psychological hacks. And this way is more relationship building and more intentional because you really have to think about like, okay, what, what are the conversations my people need to hear in order to make an informed choice about working with me or following me or opting into my email community? Oh, yes. I love this. I just love this conversation so much because it, I think it's a drastic shift in not just how businesses are marketing themselves, but consumers are looking for this now. Like there are people who are, who are out there, people like us, who the second we sniff something that we go, that does not smell right, we move <laughs> on. And so if you've got some of these unethical marketing tactics in your business, could be time to reevaluate for sure. Yeah. And I think the flip side of that is that some of these tactics keep people from putting their business out there into the world because they've been, they look and they see like, oh, you, I'm supposed to do that. That doesn't feel good. I'll just wait for referrals, rely on word of mouth. I don't want to do any of this marketing stuff. And it's like, no, you can market without any of that. You can market in a way that is in 100% alignment with what you believe and how you want to show up. I love this. And I want to actually uh, move the conversation into talking about this with social media, because a lot of the people listening to this podcast either do it for themselves. So they're business owners who um, they're putting their marketing messages on social media, or they are marketers themselves, virtual assistants, social media managers, digital marketers who have to do this for their clients. So how does this show up on social media? How can we take these concepts and apply them in practicality. Yeah, I think the cool thing about a client journey is that it is meant to be shared on social media because you can create micro content. And usually when I work with people, I end up coming with like 10 or 20 topics that support each of their main talking points that they can play with and share on social media. It's almost social media is actually a great testing ground for your messaging too, to see like what's resonating, what's not. It's all a big experiment. So for me, it's thinking about like, 
All right. My people are scrolling on Instagram because Instagram is my jam. What can I put out there that's going to actually make them stop and want to read more? Not just like click, you know, double tap the heart and move on, but really actually read the caption. So for me, it's partially looking at, you know, thinking about like, all right, what's the situation they're in and what do they need to hear to stop the scroll? And also, how can you say it differently in a way they might have not heard before? Because I did a podcast about at the end of 2020 called the 10 marketing messages that need to die in the sea of sameness. You know, things like scale your business, be the CEO, live your best life, find your voice. You know, there's make six figures in six seconds, like all of those things that we see over and over and over again, they're all forgettable at this point in time. So how can you say what it is that you do in a unique way that's going to make people stand out? Like that is really the art of it. Ooh, yes. And I think I, I hear you with like these marketing messages and I get stuck in these ruts for saying the same things. So, and I know our listeners probably do too. So how do, how do we break out of that? You mentioned that when you're working with your clients, you come up with all these ideas. So do you have any, like, I don't know, practices we can use to come up with these ideas for ourselves? One of the things that I love, and it's in the Three Word Rebellion book, and there's also a taster of this, um, is like the writing prompts for the Three Word Rebellion, because the way you find your message is by just getting all of your ideas out of your head and onto paper. And so I've given people some prompts to answer so they can start doing that, because whether you find a Three Word Rebellion or not, a lot of great content comes from those prompts. So you can start seeing like what your strong viewpoints are and how you're a bit different from your industry and then taking those and sharing them on social media because that's the next step, right? And that's usually the scary step because you're doing something that's a little bit different. You're saying things you know, maybe, you know, saying like, what makes you roll your eyes in your industry? And you're like, oh, okay, I have to put this out there. But that is going to make people think, oh, she's got something different to say. I'm interested in that. I want to read, I want to follow. So really doing those kind of writing prompts and then seeing what it produces, you can produce so many content ideas and so many different hooks for your social media. I love that. And I love a good like brain dump, brainstorming session where you just get the words out there. And I will share my own experience with this as well, because I have been searching for my three word rebellion because I understand how powerful it is. And the one I'm currently playing around with is this idea of social media mindfulness, because it really kind of describes my approach to social media, which is not you know, as much as I love Gary V, it's not like Gary V posts 10 million times a day, hustle, hustle, hustle. It's like literally the opposite of that. Um, And so I think that there is this, um, even though I don't use those words specifically in my business to like describe it just yet, just even having that internally as a guiding light for me and the content that I'm creating. And even the theme for this month came from 
doing work like this, I think is so powerful. So y'all go get the three word rebellion, work on this content. It'll really help you. Yeah. Well, and I loved, I just want to reflect back. Like, I love that you say that it is like a guiding light because if you know, like, this is what I'm standing for. This is the result that I want other people to get, like to be more mindful with their social media. That's like a radically different (laughs) message than, you know, post three to five times on Instagram every single day until your eyes bleed. Right. (laughs) Like that's so different. And so, yeah, it can really serve as this guiding light where you're driving your business towards. Yeah, absolutely. So I appreciate that. And and the work that you do helps us find that. Um, I kind of want to talk about this for your business specifically, because one of the beautiful things about the book, and I'll keep referencing the book because I I truly enjoyed it, is that it is its own three-word rebellion. Yes, it's very meta. (laughs) Meta. So I'm curious for you, how does your work show up for you in your own marketing? How does that manifest itself, specifically on social media? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I am at this point where I've been in business for nine years, which means I have a ton of content that I'm sitting on. So I know that the end goal for me is that I want everyone to desire to have a three word rebellion and to create messaging that supports that. And so that they can, you know, have their own movement, whether their movement is for 10 people or a million people, I really don't care. So for me, it's that touchstone. And so when I'm thinking of different like content types, because like part of the client journey, it goes back to, you know, breakthrough advertising, Eugene Schwartz and the customer awareness. So if I'm talking to unaware people who don't know me, who don't know the three word rebellion, who don't even know messaging is a thing, like what can I say to catch their attention and then lead them to the three word rebellion? And I might use the three word rebellion as a hashtag, or I might mention something like, oh, well, I talked about this in the book, the three word rebellion, and then that gets them curious. But the post might be something about imposter complex or bro marketing or some of my most popular posts on social media are like affirmations for getting your message out into the world. Like anytime I post that people love that. (laughs) Or like how big does your audience need to be really like anything like those are really great touchstones for people who don't know me yet. And then they can see the three word rebellion in the caption and then they get curious about it. And then I'll make create more specific content to talk about like what is messaging and what's a three word rebellion and famous examples of three word rebellions and all of those things in order to move people closer to buying the book or wanting to work with me. Ooh, I love this. It's almost like it's it's just woven into the content that you're producing as kind of these call outs. Yeah, it's it's everything. It's in everything. And I, you know. The way I got that idea is by watching people like Mel Robbins, who was able to weave the five second rule into everything that she was doing. I'm like, that's brilliant. It's that touchstone that brings it all together. Mm-hmm. Yes. So how much time do you would you say you spend on your your social media strategy? 
The strategy itself, like I have a really simplified marketing strategy. That's really like, how am I growing my audience? How am I generating new people to talk to about what I do? And how am I making offers and letting people know that this offer exists? Like that's my whole strategy and there's different activities that I do. So I can create my like strategy and plan in about 30 minutes each month. Creating the content is something a little bit different. <laughs> especially I'm a, I'm a little perfectionisty, but I've started actually repurposing more and more content. So maybe I change the image or like the hook on the, on the post, but then I leave everything else the same. And you know what? Nobody ever remembers that I posted something before on Instagram or anywhere. Like nobody remembers. So I'm really hoping to get it down from like two to three hours a week to like a tight 90 minutes and maybe doing like two weeks of content in that, but mostly repurposing what already works. Yes. I, and you know, when you say you've been in business for nine years, I'm not surprised. Like, honestly, it is that repetition at this point. Like, you know what you're all about, you know what you have to say. It's all about re-saying it because social media moves so dang fast, right? Like people don't remember what you said three months ago, much less last year or two years ago. So definitely <laughs> repurpose that. Um, and there's always new ways to do so. Like with some of the newer features and things, test those out, see how you can repurpose stuff. I love that. Um, I want to touch on something you said too about the different buckets. So you said that you kind of have these different lanes that you work in with your strategy, which is brilliant. And one of them is connecting with new people. Can you talk a little bit about that and, and share how you kind of find and connect with new people? Oh my gosh. So that I feel is like the most ignored bucket by most entrepreneurs because we need new people to come into our business ecosystem and also it takes a lot more experimentation for what to say and how to say it so the ways that i'm reaching out to new people obviously doing podcasts like this one like being on a podcast sharing other people's platforms i've even done a few summits which i always said i was not going to do but the ones that i've been participating in they're actually very ethical in their approach which i appreciate so I'm trying to get in front of other people's audiences. I'm on Instagram. I have a hashtag strategy to try to reach new people. And I also do a little paid advertising. And most of my paid advertising is just retargeting from my website because I get a lot of website traffic. So retargeting them to the quiz that I have. And that is my, those are my activities, but I've had to play a lot with like, well, what messaging is going to really resonate with new people who don't know what messaging is? Yeah, like that is, that's always the trick. And it is, it's the things I find like being more reassuring, the affirmations, talking about like, how big does your audience need to be really? The bro marketing stuff really does a great job of getting me in front of new audiences because people are concerned about how they're being marketed and sold to and they're actively looking for a new way and they just might not know that I'm out there yet. Yes. Oh, I love this. And I love the, the um, education piece to it as well, because I do think that's sometimes missed in marketing where we get excited about our offer and we go, here it is. 
buy it, please. And sometimes there's like an education piece that goes along with it. Like what is messaging? Why do you even need this? Here's what you're currently experiencing. Here's why this is different. It's It all flows together in its own ecosystem, which I really appreciate. Yes, yes. So if someone is listening to this and they're thinking about getting started in being more ethical in their marketing, what's the last piece of advice you'd give for them or the first piece, I guess, you'd give to them? Where, where should they start with all of this? Yeah, I, number one, tell everyone because it's, it's so refreshing and exciting to hear like, oh, there's a different way. And oh, that means I need to change almost everything I've been doing and unlearn and rethink a whole lot of things. And that can be very overwhelming. And so the first thing I always say is to like, slow down, <laughs> like take a step back and start making incremental changes. It's like just like, if you're like, oh, I really don't like countdown timers. Well, then get rid of your countdown timers and rethink how you're creating urgency when you're nurturing people, right? Because there's different ways to do that. So really, for me, it's about slowing down and then getting really clear on what your values and your ethical principles are, so that you can actually start making decisions. Like once you know, like, I know that two of my basic two of my ethical principles are advocate for agency and follow the research. And so that is what I look at when I'm deciding a new marketing tactic. And if I feel like the research is shaky around it or like, ooh, I don't know if this is actually effective or, ooh, this seems like it's shutting down people's abilities to think and make decisions, then I'm not going to do it because it doesn't hold up to my own standards and principles. And then once you kind of know that, start looking at how other people are marketing their business. And if they're saying they're an ethical marketer, your first question should be like, oh, really, what are your principles? And if those aren't clearly defined on their Instagram or website, it's because it should be, then watch how they market. And is it, are they paying lip service to something or are they actually making changes to how they're marketing and trying to do better? Because this is all very incremental. You're not going to be magically ethical overnight and there's no checklist that I can give you because it is like nuanced and complex, <laughs> but it is really that intent to do better and then starting to make those small changes. Yes. I'm here for all of this. Slow it down. Practice what you preach. Like honestly, just do the, do the things that you say you want to do. And that's where you start. And I think that's hard for people to say yes to because it's not like a magic, like pill that will save everything and change your whole life and your business in 24 hours or whatever the case may be. Exactly. <laughs> it, well, exactly. And it's funny to me because like when I was doing market research, I worked on a Microsoft project that where they were launching a new version of something. I, don't, I still don't think I can say what it actually is. Otherwise, they'll kill me from the NDA. Um, but I, they spent millions of dollars testing the message that they were going to be marketing with before they rolled out this new version of a product. And so for them, that was their slowing down. Like the product was ready to go. It was in production, but they wanted to make sure they had the right marketing message because they knew it was the difference between a okay launch and a super successful one. 
Ooh, that's good. Like even the big, the big guns are using this strategy as well. Brilliant. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So for those listening, um, I know that you have the three word rebellion taster PDF. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us about that? And you mentioned the quiz too. I want to hear about that too. Yes. Yes. So the taster PDF just gives you like, if you're like, Eh, this three word rebellion sounds cool, but I'm not sure if it's for me. You can go to threewordrebellion.com and basically it gives you a couple of prompts and it introduces you to the process of the three word rebellion to see if it is right for you. And plus you'll get to use some of the prompts and start creating some content ideas for yourself. So that's super exciting too. Awesome. I love it. And then the quiz impact and influence. Yes. So this is a quiz that I created to help people, number one, understand like what kind of impact they want to create and how best to create it based on their expertise, what they want to talk about and how big their audience is. And then it gives you like three action steps to take to really, well, number one, to start doing less with your marketing. <laughs> and start getting better results from it. But really, how do you start getting that message out there in your own unique way? And that is at therebelquiz.com. Perfect. And I'm putting both of those links in the show notes and as well as links to everything. If you just want to check out the podcast, um, anything that you're doing, I'm putting all of those links. And you're on Instagram, right, as well? Yep. I'm doc at Dr. Michelle Mazer. Yay. Awesome. So I'll put that in the description as well. Thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been such a great conversation. Oh, thank you for having me. I have loved every second of it. Yay. And for those of you listening, make sure you give us a rating review on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate your support of the show. We have maintained our position as the top 100 marketing podcast in the US, Canada, and Australia, and UK. So that's only with your support. Thank you so much for listening. Head over there, give us a, a rating, a review. We really appreciate it. And stay tuned because we're continuing this conversation of mindful marketing. Next week, I have Kristen Westcott coming on the show. You guys are going to love this conversation. And it's episode 150. Good milestone. So I'll see you next week for another episode of the Savvy Social Podcast. Bye for now. <laughs>